Welcome to Supplement the Faith. I'm your host, Brennan Dooley, and with me, as always, co-host Eddie Sutton. How you doing? What's happening? It's happening, man. We're in chapter 16 of Romans, the last chapter, and excited to get into this. We have this greeting here from Paul, a uh, final greeting to the church at Rome. Yeah. It's going to be good. Are we going to finish 16? We're, we're not going to quite finish it ah. completely. We're just going to do uh, verses 1 through 16. So cool. we're going to finish the final instructions and greetings next week. So we're going to have some good stuff. Final instructions and greetings and doxology, talking about Paul's doxology. Awesome. So excited to get into it, man. Yeah, I'm excited for you to read some of these names. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we were just practicing some of the names before we hit record. And uh, you guys are just going to have to give me some grace on, on some of these ones. Yeah. They're a little tough. Paul's got some friends with some very uh, difficult names. Yeah, yeah. This is your this is your baby book right here for uh, what you're gonna name your kid, for right? Baby Spud. Yeah, yeah. We're probably if we you know if we could just uh, you know kind of put you know uh, names in a hat out of this chapter, mm-hmm. I think uh, that'd be a great first baby name. That'd be good. You know, you could get some uh, quite some very interesting names. Put yeah. it that way. Yeah. So and and. Again, as we as we hop into this, like yes, it is. There's a lot of names here, and it's kind of ending greetings. But this is this is still a really cool, like ending, and a really important, yes, I think, ending too. Right? Is I'm, I mean, one one of the things that I see in this that I love is it's 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 one of the most like intimate and loving expressions of of Paul's like affection for the believers and, and for oh, yeah. the church that that you see in this. And um, it's a it, it's really cool to read it from that light of like looking at. Look at his love for the believers and how he he does. He calls them by name and right. points them out and says specific things about each one of them. It's really cool to see how Paul like loves them in this, in had this a, chapter. Had a close relationship with so many of them. And some of them who I would have to say he's never maybe met in person before. Yeah. yeah. You know? And and we know Prisca and Aquila, he he had a close relationship with. He's he's met them. Uh but some others, you know, people we haven't heard of necessarily before yeah people who maybe he hadn't even maybe maybe met but maybe communicated with in some way or fashion so yeah um, it's, it's interesting to see that so yeah let's get into it chapter 16 verse 1 i commend you to our sister phoebe a servant of the churches in Sincrea, that you may welcome her in the lord in a way worthy of the saints and to help her in whatever she may need from you for she has been a patron of many and of my and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their neck for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epitanus, who was my first convert to the Christ, to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amphilitus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ and greet Stachius. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsmen's Herodion. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narac. Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Typhernia and 
Tryphosa. Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Philagon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philago- Philagoas, Julia, Nereus, and, the- and his sister, and Olympus, who all the saints and all the saints who are with them greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Great job. Thank you. Took a lot of practice. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot going on there, Eddie. Why don't you just uh, kind of c- clear it up for us and give us the, the overview picture here? You know, yeah. we see a lot of greetings here, but but what's going on? Well, I think I mean Paul is he's he's wrapping up his letter here and. Um, he's, he's calling, he's calling people out for, mm-hmm. for in love. He's calling them out, uh, for helping him. Um, he is expressing again, uh, his, his affection and care for the believers that, that he knows that he's heard about, you know, some of these names we don't, we don't know a, a ton about, but Paul mentioned them for a reason. You just see, you see the intentionality here and the, the, the thankfulness and the, uh, again, his, his love and heart towards uh, towards the church, it's uh, it, it's really cool. So, um, you know, we 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 would do this too if we're writing like a letter to a bunch of people, right? And like, and hey, like I I commend you. Here's who I'm sending to you, you know. So accept them, right? And then also like, hey, uh, you know, uh, greet greet this person, greet that person uh, when you know when you're there uh, because they're in the Lord or they did this or they they did that. And um, you see Paul's intentionality. You just see his. You just see his love and care uh, at the as he's wrapping up this letter here yeah. um, to the to the Church of Rome. Yeah, very well said. I, I'm always intrigued by seeing the greetings. Like, how interesting would it be to to get a greeting from the Apostle Paul? But the the personal touch in ministry, I think, is a huge lesson to learn, especially when you're talking about servant leadership. Paul's modeling that here, taking the intentional time to to reach out to those whom are the leaders in the church of Rome and making sure that their needs are met, making sure that they they feel loved and that they know that they have Paul's approval for what they're doing. Um, and they have his love and his acceptance as well. Yeah. And, and then also then Paul does a great job of, of, of throughout this whole letter of pointing them to Christ. Let's remember he's, he's writing this whole letter to them, right? And yeah. this is going to be read aloud to them. So, so many aspects of leadership that we can take away from this, the intentionality and taking the time to make sure you know the names of the people you're leading, making sure you know their story, their history, you know their heart, that you actually care for them. That is That personal touch is so important to leadership. Yeah, yeah, it's part of building up the, the church. And you, right. and you see that, like just what you said, you see Paul doing that here being being specific and saying things like approved in Christ in the Lord chosen oh, yeah. by the Lord servant beloved like yeah. all of these all of these words towards them like he is right. he's being intentional about uh, yeah. about them and um one of the things that uh and uh, a coworker of mine has challenged me with or told me one time that's really stuck with me is is when we're giving compliments and like we're trying to build someone up instead of saying hey man you did a great job like get specific about it. Like, hey, right. I noticed you do this in a really awesome way, and that impacted me this way. Like, being specific instead of just saying like, "Good job, man," 
can be really impactful and it helps build them yeah. up and encourage them. And just one, one tip that I've been like trying to, trying to work into my, my daily, like upbuilding of the church and believers of yeah. being specific about what I value in them, what I see in them, what it's I good. see God doing then instead of just saying, Hey, good job. Or, right. or like, Hey, appreciate you, which right. I mean, those aren't bad things. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, what would it look like to, you know, take a, you know, uh, you know, follow after what Paul's doing here and be specific and, uh, of, of calling out like, Hey, right. like you, this is what I see the Lord doing in you. And it is encouraging. I mean, instead of just a, Hey, good job. Yeah. Yeah. That's just good, one way we can, one of the, it's the, it's the little things, right? Sometimes like yeah. that, of how we love and build up that mm-hmm. that make a big difference, especially in the body. Yeah. Uh, when we all are, when all of us are on mission together, it gets weary. It helps just having that intentional encouragement and love from, uh, from the leaders, from the elders, from, uh, you know, fellow, fellow, fellow believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So I've yeah. noticed you do that to me before. Now that I think about it, it's times that you've complimented me on the podcast or other things that we were doing. And you've been very specific on what I did a good job on, mm-hmm. or maybe other things I could improve on. Yeah. And that's always been super helpful to me. Cause I'm, it's not just like, Oh, Eddie thought I did a good job, but it was very specific. So that yeah. tells me, Oh, Eddie was actually like paying attention to detail and he took the time to point out a very specific thing that I did that he appreciated. Like, that's really cool to, yeah. to hear that. And it means more to me than just, Oh, Hey, you did a good job. Yeah. We, we feel really loved when people do that. Right. Mm-hmm. We feel seen. Maybe that's a, a good word. Like we yeah. feel like, Oh, they're actually like recognizing me. They're not just fl- flippantly saying, Hey, good job. Anyone could do that. But to actually point things out and say, Hey, I see this in you is a, uh, it's just, it's just a, another deeper way to love and to, and to build up. Um, it's cool. I yeah. agree. One of my favorite things to, to do for a brother that we're sending out, you know, of our body or, mm-hmm. uh, we, we were able to baptize a friend of ours, Connor Simowitz recently. Shout out. Shout out to <laughs> Connor if you're listening. Uh, but we were able to have a time of just speaking, uh, speaking out who we, who we see him as in the Lord what we've seen the Lord do to him. And one of the, the, the things we did is just, I just thought of like words that I used to, to describe him. Mm-hmm. And I, I see Paul doing that here as well. And because I think it's so important to affirm a brother and sister in Christ and who they are in the Lord and their, their giftings that the Lord has given them. Yeah. And, and I think that can be very powerful to, to remind them of who they are and, and who the Lord's made them to be. Yeah. And I think it was uh, a special moment for Connor um, to hear his family and close family, close friends, all affirming him in Christ before he's baptized. And yeah, how cool is that? You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. special. Yeah. It probably affected other people in the room too, who you and I know maybe were not, not believers. And so, so it's a real, real cool man doing things like that to build the church. Yeah. Um, so as I was reading this, I noticed something in here and I wanted to, I wanted to hear your, your thoughts. So I think we get some insight to kind of what the church looked like a bit. So in verse three, it says again, greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their necks for my life. So we see Paul really values these two. I guess they they put their lives on the line for him there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then says, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Um, now, re- remind me here, and I remember reading a little about this, but 
they didn't really have a church building, right? They kind of met in houses and would have like a, like a leader, like one, you know, like a quote, quote, pastor of, of that house. And that's kind of how the church met was, was in houses. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in with how intense the persecution would have been in Rome. It would have yeah. been very dangerous to meet in public. Yeah. So they had to meet underground in houses. And yeah. Not literally underground, but I mean, figuratively had to meet underground in hiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would have been very common for all the churches in a lot of the region of, of this area of uh, Asia Minor. Yeah. Um, just, in Asia Minor and in, in Italy. So yeah, in just Rome. very different than what we're used to here in America. We're used to these very big mega yeah. churches and, you know, yeah. all these different programs and stuff, right? It's just, it, mm. it's just, it, it, that stuck out to me of that mm-hmm. reminder of, man, yeah, they, like, they didn't have these big screens and the, um, all these programs and, you know, different, I don't know, the, the children's ministry didn't have jungle gyms and stuff in there. So like they met in homes. And like you said, because of persecution, uh, it was, a like, there was even maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of fear there as they, as they were meeting. And, uh, anyway, I just think, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, that reminder of, um, man, the intentionality that we can have as, as a body and, and meeting like that. And, yeah. um, uh, it's one thing I love about, uh, what, what we do at, what we do at our church on Sundays, mm-hmm. we meet in homes with other people. And yeah, I feel like I have grown more in those meetings than, than, than yeah. I have even in like, uh, like our regular services. Dude, God I does so much work in those meetings and homes. I remember several times like in, in a small, well, cause we have our big group meeting of like 30 in the home. And then we split up into small groups of three or four usually mm-hmm. and i remember in some of those small group meetings like having conversations with married guys who were going through rough patches in their marriage or were struggling with xyz you name it and as a single guy hearing that um and being able to listen and love and care and pray for them and, and them also to encourage me it's so beneficial because uh you kind of you kind of watch and learn and observe and then now that i'm married and i'm have gone through or will go through things like that uh, i'm able to kind of be like oh I, i've seen this before um okay i know this is normal i'm not the only one going through this and secondly i can reach out to that person and be like how did you get through this or i can remember back to what they said that they used to to get through it and it's always leaning on the lord and preaching the gospel to ourselves and and worshiping the lord through our marriage or whatever so i mean i'm just speaking very broadly but it's so important to see the different perspectives and different life experiences from people of different ages, yeah. not just being in a single men in their 20s small group, not just being in a, a married people in their 30s small group, but being with uh, people who have young kids, yeah. being with all, people all who seasons are of life, empty yeah. nesters, That's people of different seasons of life, like you're saying, is so beneficial because you get different perspectives and you, you get to people... Th- who have said, oh, we, we've been through the ringer and yeah. the Lord got us through it. And, and you get to people who are saying, we're, we're in the ringer right now and the Lord's testing us. And you get those people together. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. The it, It's easier to build relationships too in those smaller groups and the intentionality that can happen and the, the like true discipleship that can happen in that. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful gift to, to be able to gather like that. And, uh, yep. um, I just, I, I think that would have been a cool picture to see on, uh, in, in Rome, uh, just small groups meeting and meeting in houses while, you know, even 
it's a little bit of fear from persecution. It's just a, a cool picture. And, mm-hmm. um, another interesting fact about, about this section that I thought was fascinating, especially as we're talking about missions. And then also we talked about missions last podcast a lot. And then you brought up like the underground and the persecution. So of these, tw- I think there's 24 names that are mentioned here uh-huh. of these 24, 13 of them appear in other documents and in other inscriptions of them connected to the emperor's palace in Rome. So like people wow. working for Caesar and we read in, in Ephesians, Paul talks about how there, there are some of the church that work some, a part of the church in Ephesus that work, that work for Caesar. Um, and, uh, so 13 of them show up in outside of the Bible of inscriptions and in writings that they work or they're connected with the emperor's palace in Rome. So Paul is writing here to some that might be servants who work for Caesar who became, who became Christians. And I just think that's it's interesting that, that that's really interesting. You I mean, you talk about that underground nature and then the missions, uh, nature, you know, again, we talked about last podcast of that. And, um, again, the, a picture of, of the church, there might've been those working for Caesar that are sure. going, going to these homes to, to, to be a part of the church. And Paul is naming them in, yeah. uh, in the Bible, which I think is, is fascinating. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, another asset, aspect of this that i thought was cool is seeing the husband and wife teams there there's there's two mentioned here you prisca and aquila who were husband and wife team and then you also have uh andronicus and junia who uh, were also a husband and wife team and will and were well known to the apostles and were in christ before paul was and so you see the the honor that Paul is kind of giving to these yeah. these couples and to the ones that were believers before him. That's cool. Uh, it's, it's really cool to to see that. And what a what you know, Paul does talk about how it's it's better to be like him to be single for the service of for the sake of ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a husband and wife team can be very powerful for the gospel. Uh, I, I've experienced yeah. that in my own life, seeing how other how a husband and wife team is shepherded me and, and my wife through through stuff so can be very powerful oh very yeah very much so especially for you know for other young couples yeah and too right and then um oh yeah uh when it comes to when it comes to discipleship and yeah oh, yeah 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 married couples or it can be uh be powerfully used uh by for the gospel and that's the design right is God brings together the man and the woman t- to help each other. Yeah. Uh, the woman to be a helper of the man and, and the man to be a servant of his wife. And mm-hmm. what, it, you know, it's kind of like a well-oiled machine when it works really well, right? It could be super powerful for, for the gospel. So yeah, it's a, definitely. it's a picture of itself of the God, you know, it's, it is, yeah. itself is a picture of the gospel. Yeah. We'll have to revisit and do another marriage podcast someday or, or point people back. If you're listening to this, go back and listen to our, our yeah. episodes that we did on marriage. We, we did uh, a few of them. We did an interview with, my wife and my wife Maddie mm-hmm. and I after one year of marriage and then we did a an interview with a couple after about 30 years of marriage John and Fran Ryan and it's interesting to hear the different perspectives yeah so yeah that's good that's good I think one of those couples that Paul mentions here he says that they were fellow prisoners with him yeah you see that in he, verse yes. 7 yeah 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 so they they were they went through the testing with him mm-hmm. and uh one, I know one thing from hearing uh, prisoner of war stories from Vietnam, Korea, things like that. Uh, they, they talk about the, these men will talk about the unity that they had with the other prisoners 
And even though they couldn't even, in some cases, talk to the other prisoners, they had to use Morse code, and mm. they came up with like their own language, not necessarily Morse code, but they came up with a way to communicate, right? And the unity that they had with these people, their fellow prisoners, was so, so freaking strong. Yeah. Because that's all they had to hang on to. It was like, this person's also an American fighter, and he's in this prison with me and we're, we're going to be brothers for the rest of our lives because yeah. they've, you know, they went through it together. And I, I have to imagine how much more impactful it is for, for Paul to greet these people who have been in prison with him, you know, yeah. um, prison, I'm sure is not a pleasant experience. Right. No. But think about how close he is to them since they've been through it with him. You know, yeah. they even imagine there really truly is something to when, when, people suffer together they're they're like binded together i mean we we see it in sports when you go when you go a whole season working out and and you know suffering through you know wins and losses and the struggle of the season and then you eventually win the championship like those are brothers and sisters for life like yeah. you just suffered through a whole year uh together um you see it i mean you just brought up prison and so you know if you know those. You know you're binding together through the suffering. You and it 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 is massively evident in the Christian walk of yeah. when like if you and I if we're battling sin together, man, and we're like we're praying for each other and we're lifting each other up and we're we're suffering in the you know the the mission field together, whatever it might look like. You're you're bounded. Uh, you just it's hard to explain, but you just you, you feel very close with that person that you're suffering with. Like you're in this together. Like you you know you got each other's backs and it. It does uh, bring you together, and man, it's a uh, the, some of the closest people that I have in my life are other brothers in Christ, and a big reason for that is because we're we are suffering through life together for the gospel, for the sake yep. of the gospel. We are we're going through it together. We're lifting each other up. We're encouraging each other. We're bearing each other's burdens and suffering together, and that's a big part of why we feel so close. Right, yeah. right, yeah, and why they're such good friends. Yeah, yeah, well said, man. Mm. Um, I think that the unity piece there is so key. And you see that in Paul's writing, like the the unity that he wants the church of Rome to have with each other, right? That they would bear one another's burdens, that they would love one another and instruct one another well. And that you can see that clearly and how, how crucial that is. Um, so very well said. Yeah. Any last thoughts on, on this part before we close out? No, it's good, man. Just again, encouraged. Paul and his intentionality and his love for the believers and um it 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 convicts me and also encourages me to uh to be more intentional and encouraging and loving to the you know the the brothers that I'm suffering for the gospel with in in my life so it's uh it's good amen to that it's so personal and I know you and I have a, a close personal relationship, but I would challenge anyone listening to this if they if you do not have someone in your life who knows your your worst the worst ten percent of your life, the worst one percent, or someone who you can rely on that you can tell everything to, or just you that you can trust, you know, it is so important, especially as as men, where men are a little less prone to have those friendships than women are. Women are more naturally inclined to have those close, close relationships, but men are not as much. So if you're a guy listening to this or a gal, um, I would super, I, I implore you to seek out someone to start developing that close personal friendship with that you can go through life together with, mm-hmm. as we see Paul here. 
talking about that. I know it's been beneficial in my life with you and, and other friends as well. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Supplement Faith, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Love you all. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Also, don't hesitate to share this episode with friends and family. That would be a great way to spread the news of what we're trying to do here at Supplement Faith. Also, check us out on Facebook at Supplement the Faith and ask to join our community group there where we continue these conversations through the week. And we will talk to you guys next time with our conclusion episode of Romans.